Welcome to The Sticky Bits of Parenting, a podcast for babyology. I'm Rebecca Huntley. In 2007, there was a Chinese toy toxic paint scare that got a lot of media attention in Australia. Thousands of toys, plastic barnies and big birds, were recalled from shops across the land amid fears they would be covered in lead paint. Around a million toys were recalled worldwide by the manufacturer Mattel, a cost to the company of around $30 million worldwide. Since then, we haven't seen a repeat in Australia of this problem with Chinese-made toys, thankfully given the difficulty of buying toys made anywhere else but China. A thorough audit of my children's toy collection and the only thing I could find not made in China were a few handmade teddies and dolls I got from friends. I visited our regular, very large and very well-stocked toy store and the manager could not find one toy not made in China. Even the fluffy koalas and kangaroos were designed in Australia, made in China. Chris Barnes from the consumer group Choice has the job of assessing the safety of a range of items for kids, including toys. Choice even does toy testing. He confirmed that China has the toy-making market covered. Most of the toys that you see... Cheap, expensive, good, bad, they're made in China. You know, there are, as you said, some handmade products and some smaller companies making them elsewhere in the world here in uh, America, New Zealand, Britain, Europe and so on. But the, ma- the vast majority of what you're seeing on the toy shelves is made in China. Um, and Chinese companies can make anything to any quality. You know, they will make it to whatever price the distributor or you know, company has asked them to make it to. So that's why we see a lot of very cheap and kind of nasty things coming out of there, but we also see quite a lot of high-quality things coming out of China too. He told me that big department stores are pretty cluey about the rules and regulations, so you can certainly trust any toy bought there. They have quality assurance departments. They might trip up, but it's very rare. What you have to worry about more, according to Chris, are the smaller players. It's usually the small players, you know, the dollar shop type store, the little you know, corner department store, the market stall run by people who really aren't cluey about what the rules and regulations are. They buy a container load of something in directly from China or wherever else and they stick it on their shelf and sometimes they get caught out by that. For those of you looking for tips on what not to buy if you are buying outside those reputable stores, Chris has some advice for you. Any of the toys that have little dangling bits and pieces on them, you know, lights and flashing pieces, you know, wheels that look like they, they'll come off the first time the toy gets dropped. Um, what To me, one of the really obvious clues is, does it look like it's an unlicensed product using a well-known brand so we'll see dodgy looking spider-man riding a, a motorcycle or batman you know not quite in his correct batman colors clearly something that someone has made without licensing from the appropriate you know own, owning company trademark owning company so avoid that off-brand door of the explorer doll because backpack could fly off at the first bounce and take an eye out and map may be a potential choking hazard By the way, Chris also told me that not suitable labels are not a get-out-of-jail-free card for manufacturers. In other words, you can't make a rattle with a lot of moving bits, slap a not-suitable-for-kids-under-three label on it and avoid liability. So if you know what to avoid and keep to the reputable retailers, you should feel no stress whatsoever buying toys from China. But if you do encounter a dodgy product, forget the people you bought it from and go straight to the Department of Fair Trading or the ACCC. It's important they know when dangerous products are on the market. So toys made in China might be safe, 
But are there other things we should worry about? Of course, there's the demise of Australian manufacturing in general. Buying an Australian-made toy, and you can find them with the aid of the internet, might be harder and more expensive, but think of the homegrown businesses you are supporting. Toys from China might be safe, plentiful and cheap, but I wonder, is this itself a problem? Would our children be better off if they had fewer toys? Child psychologist Dr Anna Cohen thinks so. I asked her, is there such a thing as too many toys? She said, absolutely yes. Because if kids have too many toys, do they play? You know, again, it comes back to unstructured time. I think about so many kids and walking into homes for home visits, for example, and seeing just toys everywhere and kids not actually playing. So I always say, you know, rotate toys. Um, teach children to pack up before they get the next thing out. Sit with kids, play with kids. And I'm not saying that a child can't play without a parent's input, but really support them to play um, and to, to yeah, use the toys that they're using well. Um, teaching them about other kids that maybe don't have what they have. So, yes, absolutely, kids can have too many toys. There was an article doing the rounds of social media recently that caught my eye about the importance of boredom for kids. Now, it's a bit of a thing to talk about the creative aspects of being bored for both adults and kids at the moment, given our internet-connected devices allow us to be constantly distracted. The article was written by Dr Helen Street, an applied social psychologist with an interest in mental health. The article is called The Brilliance of Boredom. Now, kids telling their parents, I'm bored, is guaranteed to provoke an instant reaction. Anything from guilt to irritation to anger. And we reel off a series of smug suggestions about what they might do. Read a book. Play with that toy I bought you for your birthday. Restump the house, you entitled little so-and-so. My parents used to offer this annoying platitude when I told them I was bored. Only boring people are bored. But Dr Street makes the important point that as parents, our job is not to entertain them all the time, but to create an environment where they can learn to entertain themselves. As parents, I think we often feel that if our children are bored, that we are somehow not meeting their needs. Um, But the reality is that um, true creativity and engagement in what we do in life comes after a sort of period of slight discontentment with with the status quo, with how things are. And that discontentment, that boredom, frustration, um, motivates us to then look around and find ways to engage with our world independently. If we jump in too quickly when our children are bored and try and sort of entertain them, then we're not giving them opportunity to be self-directed and self-determined and find ways to be creative and engage with, with their world in their way. Dr Street suggests that the best way to respond to I am bored is to wait 20 minutes. Now, I've been trying this at home with my eight-year-old and she rarely says she's bored. Perhaps I should worry about that. But anyway, it does work, the 20 minutes thing. Waiting to respond to I'm bored has encouraged her to play with her dog, practice her drumming, and perhaps not ideally download two games on the iPad without my permission. So according to Dr Street, is there such a thing as having too many toys? Rather than thinking about quantity, think about quality. And um, the best toys are the toys that that, um, still allow for children to have plenty of imagination. So I think a good example here is, say, Lego. Um, I certainly know when I was young, you would just simply buy a box of coloured little bricks 
and set to work inventing something with them and making something creatively with them, which is a very different way of playing with Lego to nowadays when you buy a set of Lego that's with a predetermined goal and an instruction booklet. And I'm not saying that that's not doesn't come with some level of enjoyment or skill building, but it's not it's lost that creative element if you're simply following the instructions to reach an endpoint. I mean, I find that children they finish their endpoint, they create the structure that is on the front of the box, and that's it. They feel that that's the end of the game, as opposed to sort of continually trying to recreate and build and and uh, elaborate with with what you've created yourself. Hence, why some kids happily ignore the expensive toy and play with the box it came in. So, if you know what to look for and buy from reputable retailers, you should feel safe buying toys from China. But it may be worth paying a bit extra for toys made in Australia and having fewer of them. There are certainly lots of ways you can get access to different toys without spending a whole lot. Recycling, swapping with friends, borrowing from toy libraries, and even seeing what you can get from secondhand stores. And when in doubt, a cardboard box sometimes does the trick. Thanks for listening to this last episode of the Sticky Bits of Parenting, a podcast for babyology. <laughs> 